Amen. Happy Sabbath, everyone. All right. Now I'm going to, Valerie went over a nice point with with nerves. You know, nerves, without nerves, we have no communication to the body. Um, The body has no way of knowing what's wrong with itself to begin with. So the nerves is a very important part of the body. And with the natural nerves, if there's natural nerves, what must they be? Spiritual. Spiritual nerves. So our conscience is very important. If we damage our conscience, then we're going to lose all nerves of, uh, of being convicted of sin or knowing right from wrong or any of those things. Amen? Amen? The conscience is vital to the Christian in his experience, and the Lord expects us to walk according to the light that he shines upon our conscience. And when we don't walk in that light, we're killing our nerves, and we're going to become nerve. I mean, you put a, a hot iron on, on a skin for a long time, what ends up happening to that part of your body? No more feeling, right? So that's how you sear your conscience. If you don't walk in the light, you're searing your conscience. Every time the Lord gives you an understanding and you're refusing to walk in it, your conscience is being seared and it's going to get harder and harder to understand or appreciate the light that he's shining upon you. And then you won't be able to understand the translation like what Swindon was talking about. When he translates something, it's not going to make any sense to the mind whatsoever. Amen? But praise God, he's able to resurrect a dead conscience. But some people he leaves dead because they've, they, they, they chose that course for themselves. Yeah. Amen. A lot of people, he leaves, he leaves them dead so that I can be a um, witness of, Amen. of what not to do. Not to do. Easiest, Cain. Amen. Easiest one. Cain's conscience was seared. He was dead. He was not going to respond to anything the Lord was going to do. And another easy one, Pharaoh. He was just not going to respond. But the Lord was able to resurrect Pharaoh at times. What, the, what did his dead self do? Go right back into his, into his dormant state. Amen? Amen? So the Lord don't want us to be like that. So I'm praying that as we go through this, that we, we will be lively Christians as we go through this, that we will give a lively response and, and that we'll be able to follow along with the things being presented. Amen? Amen. And so with that being said, Swinton was going over translation. And we're going to take a look at one of the ways the Lord is helping us to translate his Bible. And one of the rules, probably the most important rule, if not the only rule, and in that rule is every other rule, and it's natural and spiritual. Amen? Natural and spiritual. In that rule, in the rule of natural and spiritual, you find just about every other rule connected to that, to that one rule. Amen? So as we walk through it, this is what we're going to, we're going to, the whole Bible is built on natural and spiritual. From Genesis all the way down to the book of Revelation, it's all about natural and spiritual because it's alpha. I forgot to put that. Amen. It's alpha, which is what? What does alpha mean? First. All right. So what does omega mean? The last, right? The end. First and the last. It's just, it's just Greek, right? Christ is just saying he's the first and the last in the Greek language. Amen. So in the English Bible, you still have the Greek alpha and omega, but he already said he's the first and the last in English. So he really wants you to understand this. No matter what language you speak, you must understand he's the first and the last. Amen. Amen. You don't understand this, you're not going to understand anything that he teaches because everything else is built on that understanding. Amen. So Satan wants to rob us of that. And I'm not going to read in the notes you have here where um, Paul, he takes 1 Corinthians 15 and he wants to explain the death and the resurrection. And he, I mean, it's a really nice read when you go and read it. To explain the death and the resurrection, he just simply says there's a natural body and there's a spiritual body. 
when you plant an apple, the apple seed dies and then a new apple tree comes up. How is that? How does that happen? How does a tree comes out of this little thing? It's a mystery. It just happens because the Lord says that's how it should be. Amen. So how does a dead man becomes a new comes into this new body? So the Lord gives us the natural so that we can understand this, this, this translation from this old to this new. Amen. And you come down and Paul comes to verse 45. I think I'm going to start there. Four. Yeah, four. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there's a what? Okay, so I should have put that over here. You have a natural, I'm going to just put body, and you have a spiritual body. And what is he, what is he literally talking about? The literal body. Amen? Yes, so because you have literal Adam, and then you have literal Christ. Amen? One was, one was of the earth, and one is from where? Heaven. What, but what is it talking about when he says he's from heaven? Because he had a literal flesh. So what is it talking about? The mind. Amen. Yes, I, I want to. One is natural. His mind was natural. Y'all follow? He understood natural things. That's who Adam was because he was of the what? Earth. So in order to understand God, what did the Lord have to teach him through? Natural. Through the natural things he saw. Amen. Amen. That you know not of. Amen. As soon as Christ was born, he was directly linked to the Father. There was, he didn't come from the earth. He came from God's mind. That's where Ellen White says Christ was God's thought made what? Audible. Audible. Whatever, what, whatever, what God thinks a man should be, that's exactly what Jesus was. He was what God, God's view of what humanity should be. That's exactly what Christ was. So he was a perfect representation of what a man should be in his mind. Amen. Amen. And, and the Bible says, let that mind be in us that was also where in Christ Jesus because he was in sinful flesh but he was a perfect mind in sinful flesh and he wants us to be perfect in this sinful body that we live in amen so Paul says there's a natural body and there's a spiritual body and and God must this mind that we build here the Lord must give it a body just like Christ was given a body after his resurrection amen that's what he's that's what he was talking <coughs> talking about yes he gave him a first body and we know he did because Christ had no earthly father. <coughs> there was no father, so the Lord had to provide him a body for that perfect mind to dwell in. <coughs> Excuse me. And understanding this, this natural and spiritual illustration is going to open up every other mystery. Because there's a natural body, as in church, and there's a what? Spiritual body, as in church. And what was the natural church body? It should be easy to us. It's the Jews, right? Am no, amen? amen. All right, we follow, right? Yeah. Jews, all right, amen. It don't make sense going through it if we don't understand. Amen. And what's the spiritual body? The Christian church, right? No, I'm going to the Christian church. Because it's, yes, it's a, amen. Right, so it's the natural body. And it's a spiritual body. Amen. The Jews, the sons of God back then as they were known. And God formulate that whole sons of God into the Jewish economy, Jewish nation. And then you have the Christian nation. But what was the food for both of these bodies? It was always spiritual. Everyone in God's house must always eat spiritual food. Amen. Everyone. It was easy. In the, in the types, they had to go and gather that manna. 
But when Christ came, it was just in one man. It was right there. All they had to do was come to Christ. He was that living bread that came down from heaven. Y'all follow? Everything that they, in the Old Testament, they had to do the work. They had to sacrifice. They had to do all of those things. But Christ just came and gave them everything. That's what he came in. And it, had they come to Christ, they would have understood everything. Y'all follow? And it wasn't until Pentecost the disciples understood what they had. Man, we had the one who had everything. And all we had to do was go to him and we would have known everything. But in the Old Testament, they had to do the work of gathering and bringing things together. But it was all there for him. What is the Lord teaching us? In the latter rain, he's going to give us everything. But if we don't learn how to deal with it in, in the first, when he first gives it, then we're certainly not going to get that, that, that latter, that, that experience that he wants to give us in the spiritual. So going back into our notes, this is important for translation, especially for what we're learning. If we don't understand these, these rules, the light that the Lord's going to bring here, it will be confusing to us. It, it, it won't make any sense. It's, 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 it's just we're going to need somebody to interpret to us, so to speak. Amen? Amen? How, how do I know that? What makes me say that? What prophecy do we have that tells me when the light comes, someone's going to need someone to interpret it? Math, amen. The foolish virgins, right? When that light came, they needed the wise virgin to do what? Inter explain it to them. Amen. Give me the oil so I can understand this. But they said, not so, because I won't have any for myself. But go ye rather and what? Buy. So we should be buying it right now. Amen. That's what we should be doing right now, buying it. But while one is buying, the other one is what? Sleeping. Amen. He's sleeping. He's unconscious of the events taking place. Prophecy is being fulfilled, but he's not turning to aside to see this great sight. Amen. He's just, we're just looking at Russia and, and, and what's his name, Ukraine, going at it. But no one's interested. Why is Russia and the Ukraine even going at it? Has anyone even considered that since 2016, since Trump became president, the United States has not been at rest since that time? Matter of fact, go back to 2014. Since 2014, since um, ISIS came on the scene, y'all remember in 2014? The world literally has not been at rest. The trouble actually increased to 2016. And then when we came to the fifth and the fourth month, what, what came? Coronavirus. Now we have to deal with coronavirus. Coronavirus seems like it's taking a backseat to this new trouble. So what is the Lord teaching us? Another greater trouble is about to hit this planet. Amen? And when that trouble comes, boy, if we can't interpret it, may the Lord have mercy upon us. Amen? That's what he's trying to show us. If we can't read these things, then I don't know what the Lord is going to do for us when that trouble actually comes. Y'all follow? America and the world has not been at rest literally since 2014. They have not. Just go, just look over the history and walk now. Amen. Hasn't been at rest. Amen. The reason why I started 2014, because it lines up with the Sunday law. Amen. At 9-11, the Lord kind of gave this world a little time of peace. I mean, yes, trouble hit us at 9-11, and we went to war, but the world immediately went right back where? To sleep. They went literally right back. And then 2007 came. What happened? 2008, a financial crisis. And then instead of people arousing to, man, what is going on? America's going in the wrong direction. They go back to sleep again. And then we come to 2014. For the first time in American history, they, they, they have a ruling that gay marriage is legal. For the first time in American history. Does that awaken anybody? No, it's against the Constitution. But not too many people understand that. Y'all follow? 
Not too many. And then 2016, we have President Trump come on the scene. But every president since 1989 has been prophesied in the Bible. Every single last one of them, from Bush to Clinton to Obama to Trump to Biden. Amen? Since 1989, the Lord made sure that this history is marked out for the people living at the end of the world. But how many people understand that? Because they don't understand the old. Amen? Which is the first. Now let's read this next quote. This is where we're going with this. Which one? Oh, Hebrews 5, right? No, I said the rising to his vision. Oh, okay. Hebrews 5, the time come when they need a teacher. Yeah, amen, you're absolutely right. Amen, that's 100% right. Because it's the wise and the foolish. Amen, the wise now became what? Teachers, because Daniel 12, 4 or 2, 3. Yes, they'd have be wise. Yeah. Amen, yes, 3. Um, so Christ object lesson says natural things were the what medium for the spiritual just look at what medium means it's really nice the the things of nature and the life what so 9-11 that life experience is is connected with the truths of his what word amen January 6th like Swinon went over that life experience for the United States of America is connected with his what Written word, the coronavirus and the COVID-19, that life experience that affected every single last one of us in this room and watching on this video is, is connected with the what? The truths of his written word. This thing that's happening with Ukraine and Russia is connected with the truths of his what? Written word. And blessed are those that turn aside to see this great sight. Amen. We will be blessed if we turn aside. Now, Lord, where is this written? Where? In your word. Where is this written in your word? Amen. So go down with me now. Let's look at some examples. And I have this illustration up here. You know, for you guys, y'all probably knew this because they, they, they probably teach this in school. But knowing who I was when I used to go to school, I hated school. I didn't pay attention to what my teacher said. I didn't care for what my teacher said. I just wanted to go to school and go home and play. That's all I wanted to do. And I mean, is that true, right? But thanks be to God, the Lord, you know, rescued me from such state of ignorance where I'm, I'm learning now my old age that, man, education is very important. I really wish I did pay attention in school because I probably would be better off than I am right now. Maybe, maybe not. You know, that, that's, that, that we don't know for sure. Amen? But the Lord rescued me from that, and now I enjoy learning. I enjoy education. I enjoy understanding certain things. And one of the things he led me to understand that I probably should have understood from, from, a, from, a, from a youth is about the relations of the sun. It is really nice, the, what the sun, the, the beauty of the, what the sun teaches. And one is, I have this illustration. How do we understand shadows? How are shadows formed? Does anyone know? Huh? What do you need in order for shadow to be formed? You, what, say it again. You need something to block the light. Amen? So if, if, my, so if my shadow's in front of me, what you need a what? A medium. Amen. So the shadows in front of me, what's, what does that teach you about the sun? The sun is what? The sun is behind. Why, why, is, why is that matters, that the sun being behind me? Because my body is blocking the light. So, that, so something is blocking the light, and it forms a what? Shadow. So something in my mind is blocking the light, so Christ gave us types. Y'all follow? Something is hindering us from understanding his truth, so he gave us the type. 
And when we turn to see this great sight of what the type points to, he removes what's blocking it. Amen. He removes that obstruction so you can see the light. Amen. So, but, and if the sun is to the left of me, where's my shadow? To the right. And if it's to the right, it's to the left. Amen. So, the position of the sun tells me what the shadows are teaching. Y'all follow? The position that Christ is in, that light upon the shadow on the Bible is going to light up. Y'all follow? We, we will know what Christ is doing based upon the shadow, based upon the type that he's allowing to shine forth to us. Y'all are following? This is spiritual. So that's what he's teaching. Just like you guys just said, if, the sh if my shadow's to my right, then the sun is to my left. So if this prophecy is lighting up to my mind, then Christ is doing this. Y'all follow? If, if this prophecy is lighting up, then this understanding is in Christ's mind. This is what he's thinking about. So what he's thinking about right now, he opens it up in his Bible. But only those who are going to see it are those who turn aside to see this great sight. Amen. As soon as you turn to the Bible, Christ is going to see. Ah, he wants to see what light I'm shining. He wants to see what I'm now thinking about. So let me show you here. Go to Malachi, Sister Emily. Go to Malachi and go over there. Now I want you to go from Malachi and I want you to go over to Peter. Now I want you to go from Peter. Now I want you to go to Genesis. Wow, and your eyes is just going to light up. And when your eyes light up, now you are determined to go make others' eyes light up by seeing this great sight. Amen? But if we have this false understanding that I'm not going to listen to a man because he's simply a man, guess what you're just going to lose? That great light. You're going to lose that light. Somebody has to turn to that light. Amen? Someone must look to that light and see what is light. For me, it was beautiful to understand that. And now I'm, that's why I said, man, I missed out in school. A lot of things I could have learned, but I didn't, take, I didn't really care to learn it. But I thank God for transforming my, my mindset my, that I, I'm now learning. Man, learning is very important. And I really try to make sure our child... Aaron and, and Alyssa love learning. God wants us to put learning above pleasure. Pleasure is supposed to take a back seat. It's supposed to drive in the passenger seat, not the driver's seat. Education, learning is to sit in the driver's seat, not pleasure. Pleasure comes second. Pleasure is secondary to learn it. Amen. God delights in people who learn. He delights in people who love knowledge and understanding. So this is why I try to in, encourage our children love learning, learning above pleasure. Pleasure, man, kick that stuff in the trash if needs be. Learning is more important. Amen? That's what the Lord wants. Pleasure comes after we learn. Amen? Not pleasure. Moses chose rather to suffer with the people of God than to enjoy the what? Pleasures of sin. How do you suffer with the people of God? What does Solomon say? With much learning comes what? Suffering. Go read what he says. With, with much studying, it's a weariness of the what? Of the flesh. So when you learn, you're wearying your flesh. You're denying it of having the worldly pleasures. Amen? I'm telling you, God wants us to be people learning. He says at the time of the end, there'll be an increase of what? Knowledge. So what does he want people to do? Learn. Amen? He wants you to increase in your knowledge and put pleasure love into the back seat. Put, throw it in the back and start learning. If you have time, study your Bibles. If there's time available to you, make use of it. Study the Bible. I mean, Christ is literally about to come. We're living in a time where our eyes are going to see him come. 
but we must see him come before he comes. Amen? If we don't see him come before he comes, when he comes, we're going to run to the rocks and the dens and ask him to fall on us. We're going to now turn to the natural things to cover us. I want us to see something. Matter of fact, let's read this first, and then we'll go down. I'm not going to get through all of my notes, and that's, that's not, this is about going over a rule. Go ahead. I don't know. Yes, amen, 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 because, and your examples are sons of God, amen. Amen. Christ plays the sanctuary specifically from east to west. So in some sense, you will never see the sun to the right or to the left. You will only be able to see behind you or in front of you or directly over you and keeping you where you are in in your walk with him. Amen. Yeah, when he's behind you, things are still, when he's in front of you, it means that things are still dark to you. Yes. When he's in front of you, it means that everything has been open to you and you have to keep walking. Walking in the light. So I want us to see that, that the beauty of what the son teaches. And I know there's more. There's, there's, the reason why I'm saying there's more, because this is just a natural understanding that everybody on planet Earth understands. Amen. But the spiritual minded man is going to learn something that the natural mind in seeing this, they can't see unless they come to Christ. There's still something about a son in a shadow that only those who come to Christ will learn and understand. Y'all follow? So that when we talk to the worldly wise men, their minds are going to enlighten. How in the world do these people know these things? How did you know that a shadow and a sun does that? How, how did y'all know that? Because we've been born again. Amen? We turned aside to see this great sight. What does that mean? We turned aside to learn what the natural shadow and the sun teaches us. So when we turn aside to see it, you turn aside to see this, man, I'm God, Christ is going to show you something greater than that. Amen? Because Ellen White says nature and the Bible is the same God. Y'all follow? It's the same God. And a son, there's so much to understand you can get from this. A son is a ruler. So we know when the, this ruler is ruling in the kingdom, light is going something is going to take place because this ruler is sitting in the government. That's what a son is. Because Joseph said his father was a son and the mother was the moon. Y'all are following? There's so much there, but... That's not where we're going. What we're doing is just the rules. Amen? Just the rules. I just want to encourage Bible study and encourage us to open up these things and ask the Lord to guide us in our understanding of prophecy. So let's look at what the, some of the Bible writers have to say about a shadow. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of an holy day or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days, which are a what? Shadow of things to come. But the what? The body is of Christ. So what's blocking that shadow? The light, I mean. Christ's body. Well, his body was, all of this stuff is what Paul's talking about. The holy days and all. Those were his body. He was going to come and fulfill those things. Amen? That's what he was coming to do. The Jews should have understood that. And when Christ came, the sun was now over them. All the types was opened up. Because when the sun is over you, the shadow is all around you. Amen? It's, it's, it's All the light is right there. Yeah. Amen. So the Jews, all they had to do was go to Christ. Literally, all they had to do was go to Christ. It was noonday when Jesus came to the earth. Amen. That's all they had to do. So it says, next one, Hebrews. For the law having a shadow of what? Good things to what? Come. 
So when you see your shadow, next time when y'all go out there, the Lord really wants us to do this. As, as trivial and as simple as this is, God really wants people to pay attention to their shadow when they see it. People just look over that simple little thing. You know, I, this understanding came to at least to my mind when I actually, Lisa and I was walking, and as we were walking, we was just looking at the shadow, and we was considering it. We was thinking about it. And her and I, we would walk and ask questions. Man, why? And I asked one day, I saw my shadow to my right. I'm like, why is it over there? Then I said, but where's the sun? And I look back and I'm like, okay, so if the sun is back there, my shadow's there. I didn't know these things. So I went home and I just Googled, how does shadow come? Why is the shadow there? And then it was like, oh, praise God, it's based upon the position. And the more I thought upon it, the more the Lord made me understand other things. And now the Bible starts to, now I, that's why Paul says this. That's why Jesus said that. It just makes so much more sense. Amen? So the Lord really wants us to do that, and I'm encouraged us to do that. Take your minds off billboards and Apple phones and stupid new TV and new car. All that stuff is foolishness because a new car comes as a result of something they saw in nature. A new airplane comes as something they saw in nature. A new apple comes because of something they saw in nature. It's something they learned. So you know what the Lord is teaching us? You know how many things God's people could have invented had they just paid attention to nature? You know how many inventions would be in, in life today had we just paid attention to what nature? I mean, Solomon says, consider the ant. Isn't that what he says? We would probably have a good air conditioning system if we just considered the ant. How do they stay warm in the hot desert? How do they do it? How do they ventilate their whole house? You know how much inventions would have been made had we just done that? But nobody does that. We just we allow somebody else to do the thinking for us instead of us doing the thinking. Amen. It's a more economical way to do it, the way the ants do it. it. It has to be. It is. Because the Lord is teaching us how to save money. We call it the geothermal, but the, the, the world, they, they spend a lot of money on that, but it doesn't cost anything. All we have to do is go look at an ant. All you need is a shovel. Yeah, amen. That's nice. Amen. But proper positioning of the window, that's where the ants come in. Because yeah. the ants teach you proper positioning, where to, where to do it. Amen. So the Lord wants, really wants us to do that. He really wants us to find joy in nature. Amen. And it starts with educating the mind to love these. It doesn't come natural for us to walk outside and look at a tree moving. We see trees every day and we just toss it. You know, by doing that, that's the same way people treat the Bible. I've read this story a thousand times. I don't need to read about Moses again. Well, you're going to miss out because the story of Moses has an infinite levels of understanding by just going over that story again and again. So every time I look at the trees and go over it again and again, I'm going to learn something new. Every, I should learn something new. Amen. The Lord wants us to prize and value these things because he gave it to us for, for a purpose. He has a purpose of why he gave these things to us. It says, go down with me now to natural I'm going to take a, now I'm going to take a story. All I said, this, the whole purpose of this is an exercise of going into natural and spiritual to show its importance and why we need it and it's connecting to translation because this is what's going to help us to translate the light that God is going to send us. An incorrect understanding of natural and spiritual, we won't be able to interpret that light that he's going to send in. Amen? We just won't be able to do it. So we have to know how it's done now. So let's look at a couple examples as we go on. And he spake many things unto them in what? Parables, Parables saying, Behold, they what? Sower went forth to sow, and when he what? Sowed. Sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. So let's look at the spiritual, right? Christ explains himself. He's going to tell you what the spiritual means. Amen? He says, Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When what? 
Anyone heareth the what? The word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh what? The wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the what? This is all important. Ah, I love this. Um, we're going to go through this. So right here at the midnight cry, a light is going to come. And some of us, if we have a wayside heart, this is what's going to happen to us. Amen? If we have a stony ground heart, this is what's going to happen to us. If we have a thorny ground heart, this is what's going to happen to us. But if we have a good heart, something good is going to happen for us. Amen? The Lord is preparing our hearts to sow some seed right here at the midnight cry. And based upon how we prepared our ground to receive that light, we're in this parable. Amen? We are in this parable. So it behooves us then to understand this parable because it's really talking about me, you, each of us. Amen? Because the ground, he says, is the heart. We're following? So, the, so when we hear God's word, how does our heart receive it? How our heart receives it, this is how Satan is now going to come and snatch. Satan knows who has received God's word and who hasn't. He knows. He knows full well which of us is actually paying heed to this word because he sees what we do every day. Amen. He sees us wake up. He sees if we study and he sees if we don't study. And he makes his plans based upon what he sees us do every day. So, and this is what Christ is teaching us in this parable. And I want us to see this. Follow me with this now. So it says, if we have sown unto you what? Spiritual. So what was Christ sowing? Spiritual. Spiritual things. The words that I speak unto you, they are what? Spiritual. So what is Satan going to come and snatch away? The spiritual understanding. So when Christ enlightened your mind, he gave you a spiritual understanding. He told you that woman means church, right? You either walk in that or you allow Satan to come and block it with his shadow. Y'all follow? Because if you don't walk in that light, Satan is watching to see if you walk in it. He's watching to see if you study your Bible in the light of what the Lord showed you. And if you're not studying the Bible in the light of what Christ showed you, Satan is going to come and take that understanding from you. Y'all follow? And he's going to put in his place his understanding. And now you're going to become a tear instead of a wheat. Now you're going to tear down with the wrong principle instead of build up with the right principle. Amen? This is, this is, this is vital for us because it's important. So let's go down now. Let's look at here. Um, what does Paul say about hearing? And how shall they hear without a what? So what is the preacher, based upon what we just read? He's a sower. Amen. Thank you. So a preacher is a sower. Amen? All right. So let's go down with me now to the next one. But who's the chief sower? And which is, what's that to us? Who's Christ to us? What? No, no. Bad question. If Christ is the sower, how's he doing it today? Like, I don't know how to ask it without giving it away. Through, through the what? Bible. Through the Bible. So then what's the real preacher? The Bible. the Bible. That's it. It's just the Bible. Amen? So the Bible is the preacher. Amen. Swinon went over this. No one needs to go to anybody. The Bible is just the preacher. It, that's what he said, right? Remember what I said. Based upon where the sun is, if you are interested in knowing what we need to know today, if you go to God simply for yourself and simply say, Lord, what do you want me to know today? The preacher, Christ, will preach to you. Amen? If you turn to your Bible, he will guide you into where you need to go. But I also know the Lord works like this too. Whatever you want to know, if he doesn't tell you personally, 
he'll send somebody to you. Just like the eunuch in Acts chapter 8, I believe, or, or 9, he wanted to know on Isaiah 53. And he turned to, he, he asked, I'm sure he asked God, Lord, I want to understand this. So what did the Lord send? He sent him a preacher. He sent Philip. And then you have Cornelius. Amen. Amen. But those three, their grounds have to be prepared. If their ground wasn't prepared, they weren't going to get that revelation. So that means those three, like the quote Swinon read in there, they prepared them grounds a little differently than the other nine. Now, because they did that work, the Lord can show them that work, that revelation. Amen. So this is what I want, I'm trying to get to. Is it's all based upon our hearts. And if we're not preparing the ground, such as praying and plucking up the noxious weeds that are there, those, those desires that keep trying to come in and choke the gospel that Christ put there, uh, and all, if we're not pulling those things out, then we're preparing our ground to reject that light that he's going to send. Amen? Yes. Amen. So let's go back now. So it says, the word of the living God is not merely written, but what? Spoken. The Bible is God's voice speaking to us just as surely as though we could hear it with our ears. If we what? Realize this, with what awe we would open God's word and with what earnestness would we search the precepts. Let's look at realize. To impress on the mind as a what? So if with the reality, if we really believe God speaks through his Bible, this is how we would open up our Bible. Waiting for him to speak to us. Amen. You literally are supposed to what? Hear him speaking to you right from that Bible. Amen. So, So every time we open up that Bible, if we don't come to that Bible expecting God to really talk to us, you know, I had an encounter with some people like that this week. They, they don't see what they were saying. They were not looking at their Bible like that. They wanted to, they, literal Abraham and Isaac to come and sit down literally with them and talk to them. And I was trying to tell them, you have that right now. Why do you need literal Abraham to open your Bible? Abraham literally will talk to you because the Bible plainly said God is not the God of the what? Dead of the living. He's still speaking. And if we understand what that means spiritually, oh, man, what a, what a joy will come to us. But that's not where we're going. Yes, amen. It, it's, it's, but anyway, so let's go back. Realize, to impress on the mind as a reality, to believe, consider, or treat as what? So if we really, really open up our Bibles and really treat it that God really speaks to us through it, then God will really do it. Amen? So that's how I open up my Bible. I really expect the Lord to speak to me, and by His grace, He does. And what it really lights up my heart when He does. I ask, I literally ask Him a question pertaining to the message, and He sometimes He answers it then and there, or sometimes He might answer two days later, or sometimes He might answer it a year later. But nonetheless, I and I'll tell you, Amen. He sends an answer. I, I asked Him something about tithe because there was an issue with tithe going around and literally the Lord answered the question and he showed me where to go to, to deal with this issue on tithes and offerings. Some people are afraid to send tithes and offerings because they think in their minds they have to send it to the conference. But man, if you just go study it, that's one teaching that's literally actually plain in the Bible. I mean, it's literally plain if you go and read it because first comes that, which is what? It's plain. The natural things are plain. Amen. You can plainly see what the son does. So the spiritual understanding to the man who's born again, it should also be what? Plain. Amen. It should also be plain to his mind. But anyway, going down to Job. And unto men, he says, 
It's also for building. Yeah, it's Amen. Yeah. But you right. have to be spiritual minded. Yeah. And at 1989, the Lord wants us to build a temple, right? Yeah. So where should people actually be sending their tithes and offering? Where the temple's being built. Yeah. Amen. That's where they should be. The spiritual. I'm no longer afraid to teach on tithes and offering because because the Lord wants us to do that because his spiritual minded people will return the tithes. Amen. They want that temple to, if you want the temple to go up, you will return your tithes and offering. You don't want the temple to go up, then withhold your tithes. Your temple won't go up, but God's temple will go up. Amen. You're, because the Bible says you're what? Curse with a curse. So your temple, because that, go study it. Because Haggai, when they didn't build the temple, what happened to them? The Lord blew up. It was a bag with holes. That was their curse. They were not returning tithes and offering to build to strengthen up the temple. So the Lord withhold their means. That's literally what's happening to the world right now. They see the world don't connect. That one of the reasons why America is going into the direction it's going because of withholding of tithe. Withholding tithes brings a curse. That's what the Bible says. Amen. And the Lord is connecting it to money. So going back to Job 28. Um, remember, let me go back up to, to, the, to the parable of the sower. Christ says, hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone hear of the word of the kingdom and what? Understand it, it not. Amen? Amen. So let's look at Job. Go down with me to Job. Um, Job. And unto men he says, Behold, the what? The fear of the Lord, that is what? Wisdom. What's the fear of the Lord? The first angel's message. Amen? So the first angel's message is the beginning of what? Wisdom. So the first angel's message is the sower. Y'all follow? He's a sower that comes to sow. And at 1989, the Lord raised up a sower to come and sow. He raised up somebody to interpret or translate what happened in 1989. And that person came and he read out Daniel 11, 40 to 45. And to those that received that translation, God gave them power to understand the scriptures. Amen. So what's going on? It says, and to depart from evil is what? So when you first, uh, when you hear the first angel's message and you don't depart from evil, what does Satan come and do? Snatch, Snatch away. So everyone who left this movement is because for some reason or another, they did not depart from evil. Amen. And what is the greatest evil that men are doing on planet Earth today? What is the greatest? The Bible tells us very plainly what that evil is. Huh? Huh? It's connected to Sunday worship, but it's, it's not just Sunday worship. How did Sunday worship come? By, because they left from the simplicity of the truth. truth, truth yes, and that is true. That is true. They lifted up the woman, but they lift up the woman how? What is that evil? Worshiping a man. The first angel's message comes to take us away from the worship of men. Y'all follow? Fear who? God and give glory to who? Him. What is everyone doing in, in the world today? Worshiping a man. And they show their reverence for this man by keeping Sunday. We keep Sabbath to show our reverence for God. They keep Sunday to show their reverence for the man. Because by whoever, who, but you yield yourself servants to whom you, how does it go? Whomsoever you, his servants. Satan said fall down and what? Worship me. Man worship is 
evil. Amen. That's see, that's what's leading to all this rebellion in this world in the first place. Ye shall be as what? God, knowing good and what? Evil. So fall down and worship me. That's the evil. If you remove the worship of man, every other evil will go out the window. Amen. Worship God and him only shalt thou serve. And we worship God by coming to the temple that holds God. What is the temple that holds God? Jesus Christ. Amen. We worship at his temple. You want to worship a man? Worship that man because God is in that man. Amen. So we turn to the Bible. That's what we do. So the first angel's message is calling people to turn to their Bibles. Amen. And receive the rules that was given to you by the man that the Lord used to interpret the Bible. Amen. That translated it. Y'all follow? All right. So let us continue. So Satan knows who has departed from that evil. And, and I don't want to just say that it's just that alone. But Satan also watches because the first angel's message comes to change your diet and to change your dress and to change how you eat and to change how you do things. But Satan watches and he sees who is departing from that evil. So those who fall by the wayside, Jesus said they understand not. Job says to understand not means to depart. To, to understand means to depart from evil. So the wayside here, because he understand not, what does that mean simply? He didn't depart. He did not fear God. He didn't turn to God. So Satan, watch. So let's look at what Satan does to the one who doesn't depart. from. So when the Lord convicts us of something and we don't depart, Satan is watching. And let's look at now how he's going to snatch you away. Let's go down with me. To depart means rule, um, definition two. To go from, to leave, to desist as from a practice. Jehu departed not from the sins of Jeroboam. Jehoshaphat departed not from the way of Asa his father. Simple, right? So Satan knows who departs not. And the Bible says at the time of the end, the wise shall what? Understand. They shall depart, but the wicked shall not what? Understand. So they don't depart. Amen. They shall do wickedly. So let's go to John 1. We're going to come back to now to, to how Satan catches away. So Swindon read this in, in his, the last presentation. He says, the same came for a witness to bear witness of the, the light, right? Um, verse 8. He was not that what? Light, but was sent to be a witness of the what? That light, that was the what? So the Bible is the true light. And every time we study and the Lord gives us light, now we become a witness to that light. Amen? So the light that shines here at the beginning is somebody that sees it and teaches it. And those who receive that light or that interpretation or that understanding, now the Lord is going to begin to show something very deep until the day star and the day star. What's going to be the day star at the end? The Bible now shines it. The Bible now rules in your life. The Bible now tells you what's what. The Bible now tells you what. Y'all follow? Yeah, amen. amen. Yeah, because, go ahead. Yeah, because the Amen. The Bible now rules in your life. It's not that you don't listen to men. It's that Christ is directing your every movement. Amen. And the spirit of the, the yes, it's going to be a wonderful time. But we need to be learning these things. How now by spending time with him in his word. Amen. And going through it and understand it. So let's look at how Satan catches away when we don't understand. We don't understand. The Bible says very plainly, whenever we don't understand something is because we did not depart from some evil. Amen. If there's something we don't understand, there's an evil we, we didn't depart from. That may be a false understanding. 
You may understand the scriptures this way, but light comes and says it's not that way. And you choose not to depart from it, so that understanding is going to darken the light that came. Amen? But if you choose to depart from that understanding, just like we did at Biden, the understanding we had was Trump was the last president. That, that darkness was interfering our understanding of God setting up the next king. And so, therefore, we could not readily receive the next president. But when we came to August, when we came to the 50th or fourth month, literally, I praise God until this day, and I cherish this moment. When we literally came to this, God literally started flashing Daniel 11.3. He literally started to literally, little at a time, maybe Biden is going to be president. I asked for our brethren. We sat down and we studied and we talked about it, and we was like, man, it's probably going to be Biden. You know, it's like, but how? But we teach that Trump's the last president. And we sat there and we studied week after week. And every week, it kept getting brighter. It's going to be Biden. Man, it's going to be Biden. And the closer we got to the election, man, it's Biden. That's it. It's just Biden. And, and, and because the Lord made it a little brighter. Amen. And then, we, and then the, the, the false narrative was, remember, the false narrative, no, it's going to be Trump. Trump somehow, Trump is going to come back and he's going to do, no, our Bible says it's going to be Biden. And it's plainly just going to be Biden and that's that. Amen. Because we have a more short of what? Prophecy. So the Lord showed us it was going to be Biden. And now the Lord is showing that Biden has to be broken. Amen. Amen. Yes. Okay, Biden amen, yes, amen. Ah, oh, that's nice. That's the, that's the government. Yeah, yeah that's nice, amen. And now another trouble comes upon us, a little, little trouble, but it's going to get worse here. But remember on the walk to Emmaus, what did Christ do with the bread? He broke it. Biden gets what? Broken. So what should we see happen to him? Broken. But how is he going to be broken? This we don't know yet. Amen. How is the Lord going to break him? And when he's broken, man, all terrible nonsense is going to break loose in the United States of America. Amen. Chaos is going to be everywhere because when you smite the shepherd, what happens? Scattering. It's a scattering when you smite the shepherd. So how is he going to be broken? I have no idea. I want to understand. How can we not want to understand? This is very interesting. This is an interesting time we're literally living in. The Bible says the prophets of old wanted to live in our day, and we get the privilege of living in this day. And, and it's amazing that people are not interested in what's taking place. I don't know how Satan is doing it by putting people to sleep, by making us lose interest in the more short of prophecy. He's doing a skillful job because he's really putting people to sleep. But God is doing a much more beautiful job of trying to keep his people awake and aroused to what's taking place. We should be interested. Amen. We are to be interested in these things. And if we're not interested in it, then whatever is taking away our attention, we need to get rid of it. Amen. It's got to go. If we're not interested in prophecy, we need to get rid of what's blocking us from being interested in prophecy. Amen. The Lord intends prophecy be the most interesting thing in the world today. And Satan is doing everything in his hellish power to put out that light. That's what he's doing. Amen. And he's finding ways and he finds ways. So now let's look at how he finds ways. Let's look at catch. Then cometh the wicked one and what? Catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. Let's look at what catch means. And whatsoever man there be of the children of Israel or of the strangers that sojourn among you, which hunteth and what? Catcheth. So what does it mean to catch? Come on, it's right there. To hunt, right? So when Satan catches, he hunts, right? So let's look at how Satan hunts. Go with me to John. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his what? 
life for the sheep. But he that is an hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the what? The wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and flee, and the wolf what? Catcheth them and what? So who does Satan use to catch them? Wolves, right? He uses wolves. I'm going to just put wolves over here. He uses wolves. Listen and carry. Don't, un don't, don't answer this. How do wolves hunt? Uh, easy, right? Yeah. What did we turn to to get that answer? Natural. All right, natural. So who are the wolf packs at the end of the world? Come on, this is easy. Come on. Huh? No, I want, the, I want the Sunday law answer. Who are the wolves pack? The dragon, the beast, and the false prophet. Here's the wolf packs. And how are they going to catch people? They're going to hunt them. Amen? They're going to hunt. And so let's look at how, no, you're right how you're saying it. it is the big techs. It is the pharmaceutical companies. It is the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration. It's also the what? It's also false teachers. Yes. Amen. It's Goliath. All of these things. Amen. Amen. So wolves hunt in pack. Amen. So we should know that there's a confederation taking place right now. Amen. So yes. And we see it literally happening right now. The, the government with the um, pharmaceutical company, with yeah. big pharma, big tech, and all of them are coming together to go against who? Russia. Aren't they doing that? Yeah. They're confederating to go against him, and they're trying to catch people in their net. That's We're going to see that this is what Satan is doing. Yes, because that's that always has to happen. Yeah. Amen. But I, I just want us to see that. Amen. We're following. All we're doing is using the natural to teach the spiritual, right? But now I'm going to throw this at y'all, and I, I hope nobody stumbled. Christ is also a wolf. How is he a wolf? He also hunts, and he also catches. Huh? The 12 disciples is his wolf pack. Amen? Amen. He's the alpha male, right? Amen. Why can I say that? What, gives, what makes me able to say that? Say it again. Because he's the creator. He made the things in nature to reveal Satan? No, to reveal him. They're a revelation of him. But because of sin, we see evil associated with wolves. Amen? So we take the lessons that the wolves teach us, and we can say that's what Satan is doing. But the same lessons that the wolves teach is really about Christ. It's really about what he's doing. He's the alpha male. And the alpha male, who's the alpha male? No, no, no. no. Who's, the, who's always the one in the front? No, it's more than that. The ancient, it's always the oldest one in the front. Yeah. And it's always the junior alpha in the back. It's his divinity in the front and his humanity in the back. Amen. Y'all follow? Yeah. That's how wolves walk. Yes, and, and every the whole family stays in the middle. The, the ancient one guards the front. And then the, the, the one who's strong, he stays back there in the back and he guards the rear. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And then somebody else just replaces him. Oh, studying wolves is really, it's all about Christ. Amen? But if we understand that, Satan says, I will be like who? The Most High. So what is he going to do? Counterfeit. So you take the same revelation the wolf teaches you, and that's what Satan is doing. Amen? He's doing the same thing. So he has an alpha, and who's the alpha in his pack? The papacy. Amen? And who's the one that's in his rear? The United States, the image. Y'all follow the image and everybody else, the 10 kings, everybody, they stay in the middle. Amen? Y'all follow? 
It's, it's nice. This is what the natural is there to teach us when we consider these things. And these are the things that's happening right now. The things that's going to happen in the Sunday law, bring them back down to this time and they're naturally happening. Amen. So the things that the, these government people are doing, they may not understand why they're doing it because my Bible says they understand not. It's Satan, the one he's the alpha one behind them, directing all of their movements, but they don't know what they're doing. But Christ people should understand what's taking place and know what's coming and prepare for what's coming. Amen. So we know the wolves are about to strike at the midnight cry. Amen. They're setting everybody else up to strike what they're going to do in this strike. I don't know. I just know the Bible says they're going to what strike. Amen. They're going to strike, and the Lord wants us to prepare for this strike when they do these things. And we must not, uh, because the whole purpose of that is for Satan to catch away the seed sown in the heart. Y'all following? That's why what's going to happen, he's going to catch away the seed that's sown in the heart. So if we're not departed from evil, if we still allow money to be a controlling influence in our heart, he's going to snatch away that seed. Y'all follow? If we allow possession and property and the pleasures of this life and and, and, and jobs and all of these things to still have a ruling place in our hearts, that's how he's going to snatch away the seed in your heart because he's creating a problem around all of those things. Amen? I want us to bring us home a little closer. Go with me to this next one. I'm not going to read this whole thing. The first hunter, the first person in the Bible to catch away seeds was, was who? Nimrod. Nimrod. Amen? So let's go. The first hunter gives us an information about the last one. Amen. So it said, and Cush begat Nimrod. He began to be a mighty one in the earth. He was a mighty what? So what did he do? He catch people, right? He caught people. So jump down to even as Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord. So jump down with me into the bowl. Five minutes to an hour. Okay, thanks. But apostasy grew and prevailed and apostasy grew. Despotism in man inevitably grew and asserted dominion over others. This culminated in Nimrod's ambition, the ambition not only for kingship, but for empire. Not only the establishment of a kingdom of single government, but also of the expansion of single government into widespread dominion. What's happening right now? The same thing. Amen. And what is the purpose of it? To catch men. Amen. To catch men. That's his purpose. Jump. Amen. Amen. So he can catch men. Amen. So let's go down with me to this next bowl. The reason why I like this, if y'all go read this, Nimrod was the first person to promote self, like making himself God. Up to that time, men were afraid to do that. Remember, they're just coming from Eden. They're just seeing the flood. No man was bold enough to say that they, the deities, because they said that the deities, they use it to represent God. But Nimrod was the first one on planet Earth to say that those deities was him. He took the title of the deities and made it himself. That's why the Bible made it a purpose to say that Nimrod, he did this before the Lord. He was the first one to do that. The very first one he was doing. And after that, men just became bold, bold and started to say these things and started to take on those those titles. Yes. No, that's literally he literally became the first king. As God. Yeah. Because they were afraid of him. There was a there was a power that came with Nimrod. There was a demonic power that came and people feared him. 
So let's look what it says, the next bowl. This is how it is that Nimrod was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Not merely a hunter of wild beasts, but more a pursuer and crusher of men. Who's that? Rome. Rome is the crusher of men. Amen. Yes, seeking whom, that's Rome. Rome is this mighty hunter. Rome is untamable. There is nothing in nature to represent Rome. Nothing. That's who Nimrod was. Nimrod was untamable. People feared Nimrod. But going on, it says, but more a pursuer and crusher of men, and therefore a more exact translation of the original expression reads, he was an overbearing tyrant in Jehovah's sight. It's, it's, that's who Nimrod was. And he caught men through what? Fear. Amen. Go ahead. Dick, translation. Oh, yes, I missed that part. Amen. Yes, amen. 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 That's nice. So I'm going to come down to a close around another example. So just go down with me to this next point. We're going to close around evil. Let not an evil speaker be established in the earth. Evil shall what? Hunt. So what does Satan use to hunt? Evil. Amen. I just wanted to see that evil. Go down with me to Micah. The good man is perished out of the earth and there is none upright among men. They all what? Lie in wait for blood. They hunt every man his brother with a what? So how does Satan hunt? With a net. How does he catch men? With a net. Huh? No, yes, I know it's Christ. I'm going to add that too. Satan catches men how? With a net. And like Swinton said, how does Christ catch men? Why do you think Satan catches with a net? Because Christ catches with a net. Amen? So Christ over here, he uses a net. And Satan uses a net. The net for Christ is the first, the second, and third angel's message. Amen? That's what Christ used. So what do you think Satan is going to use? The first, the second, and the third angel's message. But it's in another form. Amen? He also has a first, second, and third. Christ's first, second, and third leads to keeping the Sabbath, the sanctuary. Satan's first, second, and third leads to the man of sin and keeping the sanctuary in New Jerusalem on earth. Amen? He's going to do literally the same thing. One is he focuses mind, people's mind on natural thing. Christ tried to take people's mind from this to spiritual. Amen? That's the, the natural is to take us from natural to spiritual. But Satan's understanding is from natural to natural. Amen? How did you begin in the spirit and end how? In the flesh. How did you go from natural back to natural? How did you do that? It's natural to spiritual, not natural to natural. Y'all follow? It's very important. Go ahead. Listed. So you can see the first, second, and third in the message of Christ's mind. Amen. Amen. Right back to paganism. Yeah. But he has to wait Amen. until Christ do the first so he Listen. can bring his first. Amen. Until Christ do the second so he can bring his. And because the third angel's message is not yet understood, he can't, can't do anything. Amen. He has to wait. Amen. Because he doesn't know what Christ is going to no, do. Yeah, not yet. Because Christ has the more sure word of what? Prophecy. prophecy. Satan can't prophesy. He can only imitate the prophecy. But he, if he decides he wants to do this, the Lord will just look. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do that. Amen? That's what the Lord would do. But because... 
Yeah, Satan also have to wait. Yeah, he has to wait. Ellen White says he's a diligent student of prophecy. He studies the Bible full well. He because he also knows when Christ opens up because he understands the position of the Son. He was a light bearer. He knows how this works. Amen. So he knows when something in Scripture opens up. How does he know? Because he's studying and he sees the angels coming from heaven to teach that very subject. How do I know that? Daniel 10. Gabriel came to teach that very subject. Well, what did Satan do? Come to interfere that different subject from being taught to God's people. So now he knows, oh, so that's what Christ is going to do? He goes forth to now go prepare his people to contest what Christ is about to do. Amen. To cast to block what the Lord is doing. We basically hold Christ up. Amen. We are holding him up. And once God's church is on board with Christ, man, there's going to be no more holding up of Christ. He's just going to work once his people get on board with him. So right now we're holding him up because Christ really wants to work. But, but like the wayside here, if we're not departing from evil, then we make it hard for him to work. Because now he has to constantly work to get us to depart from evil. So every light that comes is really to get us to depart from evil. Because isn't that, isn't that what he did with Judas? He kept sending them light to depart from evil so he can work. But once he left, he says, ah, now, this, now I can work. Now I can do this because the evil is gone. Amen. And the evil is in our heart and he wants to do that work. But our hearts is preventing him from time to time. Let's come down to this close. Continuing on with Hunt. These are some, all of the whole purpose of this was to show the natural and the spiritual. And understanding this, that every one of us have our Bibles and we can do this. I mean, if we literally take these parables and just take them one piece at a time and break it down by that, you know what I ended up learning by that? Man, you can, you can study for all eternity because doing this takes a lot of time. And I'm like, but that's exactly what God wants. He wants it to take time because by taking time, we're weary in our flesh. And, and eventually we're going to get tired of sinning. We're just going to want to do what's right. The Lord knows what he's doing. That's why he put the Bible that way. It forces us to study. He put it this way so that we would spend time with him. I mean, I mean, isn't that what life teaches us? When you go to school, what do you go to school for? To spend time learning that thing so you can go out and be the best medical person that you want to be in this world. But guess how much time you just wasted? All of it. Amen? Because you just learned a bunch of nothing. Because now you have to come into Christ school and unlearn all that garbage you just put into your mind. And now you have to spend time with Christ and learn again those things. How do I know that? Moses. Amen? Moses learned all the signs of Egypt, and the Lord says, throw that stuff in the bin. Come into my school, into the wilderness, and let me teach you true science and true philosophy. Amen? And the Lord made him a general in his army. Teaching what? Natural things? No, spiritual things. Amen? That's what the Lord wants to do for us. So I, I just want to encourage us. Spend time with him. Every one of us in here is capable of understanding natural teaches spiritual. Every one of us is able to do that. Everyone can look at the sun. Oh, sun shadow. Oh, so if the sun is here, my shadow's over there. So if Christ is over here, then I should expect that over there. Amen? It's, it's, it's that easy. Amen. So go down to these last quotes and we finish. He, remember, the wayside here, that's, that's the only one we looked at, right? Just the wayside here. Amen? So let's look at this. He lieth in wait secretly as a what? Lion, in his den, he lieth in wait to what? To catch the poor. He doeth catch the poor when he driveth him, it draweth him into his what? What did Satan do with vaccines? He caught many poor people. Isn't that what he did? Do you think that vaccine was what just came out on the scene? No. If I understand prophecy, that stuff was lying in wait for a long time. 
and they were waiting for the right opportunity to spring it on people. But who was Satan really trying to catch? The people walking in the light. Y'all following? He's trying to catch us by the... I'm not afraid of saying us anymore because understanding prophecy, I know it's because of those walking in this light. We are the ones he's trying to get to deny this light. Y'all follow? And the world took the vaccine. Why did they take it? Because the lion said, if you don't take it, you're going to lose your job. The lion said, if you don't take it, you're going to lose your child. I'm going to call child services because you're denying your child from taking it. The lion said, if you don't take it, your family's going to be mad with you because they took it and you didn't. Isn't that what happened? That literally happened in front of our faces, didn't it? And people went out and they took the jab. And now all of a sudden, it's changing. Now all of a sudden, they're saying, man, we didn't really need that. So Satan is now satisfied because now he's going to move to the next thing. Y'all follow? Now he's laying another snare. That's how I know this next experience is a net that he has laid to catch our feet. Amen? He's laying a net to catch our feet. But Christ wants us to know what the trap is. He, because he was trying to tell the disciples, look, I'm going to the cross. That's Satan's net that he laid for my feet. And the grave, it seemed like Christ was caught in that net, didn't it? Seemed like the net had him and it was going to hold him there for all eternity. But what does the Bible say? When the day three came, what happened? Christ broke out that net. The, the snare of the follower was broken and he lost his power because Christ went into that by faith. Amen. Because Christ heard the word of God. Christ had the more short of prophecy. Christ didn't say maybe in three days I will rise again. He says in three days I'm going to rise again. Though it may seem like I'm going to lay there, I'm going to rise again. So what does that teach me? Because if Christ is the, my example, that means I better come here with faith. Man, I'm about to come out of this at the end. Amen. Amen. I, I don't care what he's bringing against me. By the grace of God, we are going to come out of this at the end. Amen. Amen. So well, we have to come up to this time with this kind of a faith. But how does faith come? By hearing. So what should we be hearing now? The word of God. Amen. We should be hearing his voice in preparation for this. Amen. So when this experience comes, Satan will snatch it away. We won't be a wayside here. We won't be a stony ground. And we won't be a thorny ground. We will be good ground. Amen. So last quote. Remember, wayside, right? The proud have hit a what? Snare for me and cord. And what? What is cords? False lines. Yeah, y'all cords. Christ took small cords and all these things. Anyway, different thought. Says the proud have hit a snare for me in cords. They have spread a net by the what? Wayside. So where does the wayside heroes fall? Right there into the net by those cords, right? The wayside heroes. This is what Christ was connecting to, to the, the parable of the wayside. Those who went out by the wayside, it was the cords. What cords? The false cords that drew them away. Because God draws us with cords, right? Satan also draws with cords. He does the same thing. There's many other ways that you could have gone um, with these things. Last quote, Ecclesiastes. For man also knoweth not his time, as the fishes that are taken in and what? Evil net. And as the birds that are caught in the snare, so are the sons of men snared in and what? When it falleth, how? So how is this going to come? So this is a... I'm serious. This is a real net that Satan is laying to catch our feet. Whatever this is that's about to come, the next big thing that's about to hit America, it said, notice what it says, the sons of men are caught in this net. So that means America is going to be caught in this net. 
How do I know that? Because we're, what's, the, what's the direction that Satan really wants to take people? What's that evil time the Bible is really talking about? The Sunday law. Amen? So in order to bring about a Sunday law, who must be caught in the net? The United States of America. America must be caught in the net for, for them to bring a Sunday law. So, and this net is an evil Christ. So Satan is going to bring a great evil here at the midnight cry so America can be caught in this net. And at the same time, so he can catch the rest of the world in the same net. Amen? Amen. But the Lord is trying to prepare us for it. And the only way to real, really, the only way to prepare for it is prophecy. That's it. The only thing that's going to help people in the end, the only remedy for diseases, for sickness, for cancer, for sin, whatever it is, is prophecy. Prophecy is the only remedy for everything that's taking place in this world. That sounds foolish to many people, but the, but the foolish, the foolishness of God is wisdom. The, the foolishness of, how does it go? Um, the gospel's foolishness to them that are perishing. Amen. That's it. Yes. It's wiser than men. Yes. So the remedy for all of for all these problems is the more sure word of prophecy. And we reach this point where Biden and the Lord is doing everything in his power to open up all scriptures to our understanding. Amen. Amen. So I pray that we will take these rules as we're going over it. A lot of time has been spent here and going over some simple little things to to try to refresh us and to encourage and motivate us to to study these things out. And I pray that it was a blessing for us as it was for me in looking into it. So let us close out with a word of prayer. Amen. Heavenly Father, Lord, I want to thank you, O Lord, for the more sure word of prophecy that's able to make us wise unto salvation. Please, Lord, we ask that you strengthen and encourage and motivate us to study these things. And uh, may you help us to continue to keep this day holy. And we thank you, O Lord, for the Holy Spirit that's sent to teach and to guide and to help us to, to come to the right conclusions in our study and our efforts of prophecy. Please help us to see that it's not as difficult as, as it may seem. It just takes time and patience. Um, for you really want us to be a, a, a patient people. You, the only way we can bring forth fruit is with patience. So, Lord, you designed your Bible in such a way that the fruit of patience would be developed in us. So please, Lord, may you encourage us to study so that we can have this fruit of patience developed in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.